everybody. I'm Dr. Roseanne, and I'm a mental health trailblazer who's trying to teach parents that, guess what? It's going to be okay with natural solutions. And today, we're going to be talking with a friend, a trailblazer herself, Jennifer Kozak, who's going to talk about how to use natural solutions for ADHD, for autism, to restore health and create lifelong wellness. Hello, Miss Jennifer. How are you? Thank you so much for supporting mamas and papas, not just on this podcast, but in your amazing book, Healing Without Hurting. And if for anybody who really wants a beautiful guide on how to help their child recover from all these clinical conditions that I talk about, but ADD, ODD, pans, pandas, you have to get Healing Without Hurting. It's been around for a long time, but it is a absolute must in your library of helping parents. So welcome, Miss Jennifer. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And this is a great you know, opportunity. So thank you. Yeah. And Jennifer, just to know who Jennifer is, she and I really have gotten to know each other because we're physically close to each other. She's also a licensed mental health therapist. And she and I were both on this beautiful board, Epidemic Answers, and we co-wrote a book, Brain Under Attack, about pans and pandas. And in our mama journey, separately, but at, joined at different points, we realized, you know what, our kids got some stuff and we need to use natural solutions. That's kind of the, the point of what it is. But Jen, tell us about your journey. I, I know you have two beautiful kids. They're teenagers now. And it's kind of scary that our kids have gotten to be this old, which is... Yeah. Like, How did that happen? I know. Um, of course, we still look so young, Jen. Like, yeah, we look great. We're looking better and better because they, you know, they taught us how to live healthy too. So <laughs> that's right. It's an right? inflammatory diet. How did this journey happen for you? Talk to us a little bit about your story. Yeah. So, you know, so I'm a licensed therapist. I've been doing this for 20 years as a licensed therapist, working with psychiatrists primarily for the first 10 or so years. Often wondered about the cavalier, you know, just attitude that they had about, you give the kid, a, you know, a kid has this symptom, you give them this med, they have a side effect from that med, you give them this med. And all of a sudden we had children, you know, as young as five and six years old on antipsychotic medication, depression medication, anxiety medication. And then, you know, they would have terrible um, bowel issues and, you know, they'd be on Miralax. And I would think, God, there has to be a better way. But, you know, obviously I didn't have my own kids yet. I was new to the profession, newer. And I remember anytime I would even introduce anything more natural because my grandmother, my great grandmother, you know, we were all much into a family history of sort of natural eating and cooking our food. And, you know, my ancestors were really big cooks and they had gardens and they had... It's the Italian way, Jennifer. It's the Italian way. So I had my Italian grandparents and then I had my German grandparents who were just as, as interested in having their own gardens. And so I sort of was raised that way. My mom always cooked real food. She didn't let me eat junky cereals. So for me, it was an easier transition than I know for some families that families that loved with food, they just had processed food growing up. That's harder for them. but. It's not impossible. There's a will, there's a way. So when when my kids were growing up very young, I started noticing, oh, shoot, they have some of the very similar conditions that my clients were having. 
Um, I'm also coming from a family of alcoholism and I'm coming from a family of mental health problems. And I thought to myself, gee, you know, I don't want my kids. I saw what the medication was doing to some of my youngest clients. And I thought to myself, gee, I cannot, cannot do this. So again, I had some background into healthy eating, but I didn't know anything. As I look back at my childhood videos with my children and I see the blue Costco cake and you know, the Doritos and, you know, the microwave. Absolutely the Costco cake. Right? I mean, <laughs> I, I look back and I'm like, okay, so I guess I wasn't really following. And I remember, you know, seeing family members, you know, and they were like, I can't believe you're buying store-bought cake. You know, grandma taught you better than that. And interesting, my daughter is very interested in baking and she bakes all organic and she bakes all like gluten-free and dairy-free and she's gotten so amazing at it. And so I know she's my grandmother sort of reincarnated because the girl comes up with things and I'm like, how did you know that? Yeah. Isn't that a good thing to have reincarnated? Yes. Yes. There's, There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that there's a piece of my grandmother in her for absolute 100% sure Although she's a teenager and it's hard some days to fight when, you know, when I'm like, you have to take this supplement or you have to, you know, you're eating too many, you know, she likes Asian food. I cannot lie. We do go out for Asian food once in a while. I'm, I'm like, oh my God, the glutamates, your glutamates are too high. And she's like, oh, mom. So I didn't want to go it's that route. Balance. You got to teach her how to cook Asian food. Plus, yes, she is Thai learning. food yep. has less of the glutamates. Oh, what does? Thai food. Yes. Truth. Yep. So she does like Thai, but she likes Japanese a little more, you know, she's not into the sushi. So I'm like, oh my God, the parasites, right? So I get like, (laughs) I get Miss Paranoid, but she's like, no, I only like, she only likes avocado rolls and so forth. So that's safe. She's too much. But yeah, so, you know, we started this journey. My son was five when he was diagnosed with pervasive developmental disorder NOS. Um, it was a time where, you know, autism wasn't one umbrella. We had different terms. So he had more of an intellectual disability, he had more motor problems, motor skill issues. And so there's many different versions of autism, as we know. And then my daughter, you know, was always the anxious girl who had a lot of like separation anxiety, had the dark circles under her eyes. Yes. If I gave her dairy, she would just go. And, they, into a- and just to visualize this, your daughter is very blonde. Very blonde. And the circles were prominent because of her lightness. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of times when you're darker, you may not see that. And we might think, oh, it's because she's Italian or or some culture where there's a bit, you know, you can have like I have darker skin, you know, so you might not see it as much. But it was prominent for Elena. And now I look back at pictures of them and I see kids in restaurants or in the mall or wherever. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Like it's once you can recognize that or the red ears, like the red ears, the, the red ears, sensitivities. And, and talk about the dark circles. What does that mean for people who might be listening and be like, my kid's got dark circles. What does that <laughs> like, mean? Okay. Well, it definitely is Miralex bad. It's a neurotoxin. Anyway, right. go ahead. <laughs> so, it, you know, it obviously could be a boggy liver, right? Mm-hmm. So the liver isn't detoxing probably very well. It's not efficient as well as auto like autoimmune sl- slash like food sensitivities will yeah. often cause that cause the you know the ears to be red sometimes it shows up as hives or things like that but not normally right also stomach aches my kids had all of these things and i was like oh isn't it normal isn't it normal to have a stomach ache all the because time? everybody else did yeah i yeah. did my whole yeah. childhood and my you know my mom would give me like a mineral oil you know i had constipation and issues so i probably had 
a version of this, right? With every generation epigenetically, things are getting passed on. Things are greater. Toxins are greater. Food quality down. Food quality down. Our mineral sources have completely tanked. Even when we try to eat organic food, you know, I try to like sneak in like green, like powders all the time in my children, in my kids' foods, because we don't get enough minerals. If you don't have minerals, you can't detox. If you don't have minerals, you can't transport nutrients between cells. It affects every neurotransmitter in your brain. I mean, it's, unbelievable how important they are and they are void but yet, in most of our but Jen, as you talk about this a lot, yet we're downplaying the importance of these minerals. And a lot of these minerals come from foods, but as you, you said, if our bodies, for whatever reason, sometimes it's epigenetics, um, sometimes it's a breakdown in our gut microbiome. Sometimes they're being drained by infections within the system. Our body can't work properly without those nutrients. And that also mm-hmm. can affect our attention can affect our mood. It can affect all those symptoms that are bringing yeah. people to this podcast. Yeah. Um, and that's really important because Jen and I, our whole mission is to teach people, right? right. About what you can do about it. So instead of feeling paralyzed, yes. it's like, wait a second, what did mm-hmm. you just say? Dark circles, red ears. What does that mean? I remember when Max had red ears, I went to every doctor and said, He's got red ears. What does this mean? Nobody can answer it. Of course, some other mother told me it was a different time. The internet was there, but it was not as developed and there was not as clear content. It was just sort of people putting crazy stuff up. You would look for it in a book. I would have these stacks of books and it just wasn't wasn't there. So those small little things sometimes can be this unlock it moment for people where they get guided towards a solution that can be really helpful. And I think the other thing you said, like, Let's go back. Let's unpack that, you know, your son, Evan, got, you know, diagnosed with PDD, which was a form. It's basically was like they were autistic. They didn't want to tell them they were autistic. Is right. what I always thought about. <laughs> well, it was that in apraxia. Yeah, right? apraxia, right. Apraxia, motor planning issues, both motor planning for, you know, body and also for speech. For speech. For speech. And this was a scary thing for you and your husband. Yeah. And listen, I didn't want the A word in my life. You know, I didn't want to admit it. I couldn't say it. It's like almost like someone who goes to Alcoholic Anonymous and they can't say it. Right. It was very, very, very difficult. But I'm the type of person. I'm a warrior like you. And so if someone told me I can't eat gluten tomorrow because it's destroying my health, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fine. And they said, oh, and your kids have these food sensitivities and they can't eat dairy, eggs, gluten. And I was like, I cried for like 15 minutes. That's as much as I've let myself cry. (laughs) And then I moved on and I said, okay. And then how did I do it? I thought about it. And I thought if I give this to them, it's like giving them poison. Would I give them a poison stick and tell them to eat it? No. And then, you know, you have the picky eating. So then you say, well, what is this child going to eat? Because they don't eat anything but sugar or carbs or, you know, or some cheese. kind of gluten cheese, you know, yeah, uh, chicken big. nuggets. Don't forget that, Jen. The chicken nuggets. I mean, I was, I'm guilty. Like every week it was Friday, we'd go to McDonald's, you know, like, and then when I remember thinking, well, we can't do gluten and dairy. I was like, well, we can still have the fries. And like, I'm like, oh, they have dairy in the fries. And then you dig deeper and you go, oh, and then there's like TBQH or whatever the heck it is, which is like a basically butane, like lighter fluid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? So all of a sudden the light bulbs start going off. And I said, this kid has an autoimmune condition. 
Like right. that's what this is. And my aunt, who was a champion of alternative, you know, alternative medicine for my whole life, you know, she would just say, look at those dark circles of, you know, and I'd be like, ah, what does she know? You know, yeah. she didn't have her own kids. And I would. I, and you're it, working. You got two kids. You know, you're therapizing other people like, yeah. you know, we kind of get into this. Well, this is what we know. This is what we're, we're classically trained therapists, Jen and right. I. And well, that is what the science is, because that's what they taught me. And then you open up Pandora's box and bam. Right. And you realize, oh, shoot, we got to do something different here. Yeah. It, it was hard to move away from mainstream medical. I mean, my mom was a nurse um, my whole life, right? She was an RN. This is what I knew. Like, I didn't know anything else except, you know, of course, I healthy eating and all that. But I didn't know that the pharmaceutical companies literally take the plants, bring them to a lab, recreate it synthetically, call it their discovery with a whole bunch of chemicals and address a symptom of a problem. Instead of going to the plant, which includes the food we're eating, that is actually healing the body at a much deeper level. So for example, you take something like star anise, which is the active ingredient in Tamiflu. Interesting. So we're taking Tamiflu, our teenagers, especially for some reason, that category of age group has psychiatric symptoms, not always, sometimes from Tamiflu. And does anyone know that you can actually just go get the star anise without the side effects? And you're actually healing the body. You're actually getting rid of whatever is opposed to it's accessible. I bought mine organic on Amazon. I keep it in my pantry and there we go. You know, I pop it in my tea. Right. We could be eating with it. The Asians eat it, you know, they cook with it all the time. We could put it in our tea. We could take it when we don't feel well. Herbal medicine was just meant for a short term use. Um, It wasn't meant that you were on these things for the rest of your life. And so you know, my daughter started getting anxiety. And, you know, and of course, later we realized it was pans and pandas. But like, there was things we can do naturally. Like, I didn't know, like passion flower. I didn't know anything about lemon balm. So you become an investigator for your own kids. When well, you that's wanted- what our mamas and papas are doing on this journey, right? Like, yeah. so you... You know, you had Evan, then you realized your daughter, you know, had pans and pandas and you started to make the connection to her. And by the way, she was a great student, functional. I always want to be clear about that. This was not, these are two kids that were doing good, you know what I mean, in terms of their academic world. So, and then it just opened your eyes. And I think one of the most powerful parts about your story is is a an empowerment part. You were like, not only am I going to be a warrior for my own kids, but I'm going to be a champion for all the other mothers out there. And you really started to share how you incorporated all these pieces in your lifestyle because mm-hmm. many people come to Jen and I, and yes, we are amazing in our knowledge and our guidance. We've been doing this a long ass time. We better be damn good at this. Mm-hmm. I could have 10 PhDs in this by now. (laughs) (laughs) So we are partners with people. That is so important because I want every parent to know that they are that CEO of their own physical and mental health, of their own, of their family, of their children. 
And you have to actually take action, right? You have to take one step and do that. And you really have incorporated. So, I mean, you could list off, you've done a lot of things, Jen. You've even done more things in some, you've done different things than I have, including stem cell and you know, you've done neurofeedback and biofeedback and PEMF and sauna and dietary. And you're really big into homeopathy, which I don't think enough people talk about. Right. I'm leaving out a ton of stuff, you know, <laughs> IEP, school support, you know, uh, dyslexia remediation, like all different things. And it's the culmination that shifted things for you, right? But you really feel that the diet, and the natural living is the base, is the, what do you feel like is the biggest game changer? Well, I think once we really calm the immune system down by pulling the food that was toxic to their system, which for a while we had to pull all the gluten, all the dairy, all the, you know, and everyone's like, oh, how do you do that? But you just do it. Because you just you do have, it. You're healing the body. Listen, I always say, listen, if your kid had cancer and they told you how to do this, would you do it? It's the same thing, right? Right. And we're warding off future autoimmune problems. Like this is a problem. Like systemic inflammation is a huge problem, which will cause worse things. You know, we think the behavior is bad. Wait, just wait a few years, you know? So I didn't have a choice. And I think, you know, we can get all the information. We could read all the books in the entire world. We can get on these podcasts and get super excited about these life changes. And then something stops us from doing the work. You know, exactly like what you said, Dr. Roseanne, because that's the problem is how do you implement this? How do you, you know, especially we're all anxious. And where do you start? I think that becomes where people get stuck. Like they're afraid to let go. They're Mm -hmm. afraid of what their partner or spouse is going to say or grandma and grandpa. There's a lot of things. When we get stuck or our kid is stuck, how about that? When our kid is stuck, we better hold a mirror to ourselves. Somebody I love and care about is being very triggered by a death of somebody else that right. they weren't even that close to. And I said to her, something is triggering you and you need to spend some time to, to looking at it. This is an inappropriate response. And without giving too much information away, whenever we're stuck, we really do have to dig into it. And sometimes our own limiting beliefs that our child can't get healed. Really, mm-hmm. honestly, Jen, in my work is the biggest problem. That's not to shame anybody. That's to actually to open up your eyes to your own power. Well, if we can't believe that it can happen, it won't happen. It won't happen. Right? Whatever you think about, you bring about in the positive and the negative. We have to remember. And in our kids, they have to, you know, have the hope. They have to have the, you know, this isn't your fault. Because I think when I'm able to say, you know, Elena, you have an autoimmune condition. Like, let's fix it. We can fix yeah. this. Yeah. And like, this is what we could do. And you're not going to have this forever. This is just right now. And we're going to get through this. We're cheerleaders for our kids. And unless we're setting the example that, that you know, setting the them, example and having positive conversations too, Jen, like, yeah, you know, yeah. my Max is now he's heading out and par- going literally partying with grandpa and who's <laughs> Mr. Social Star. Always going grandpa. I, I know. He's like going to the bocce tournaments. He's going to this. He's going to that. He's doing all that stuff. They're having a grand old time. Okay. And, but he's exploring eating things that he's not supposed to. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, look, I've taught you, you have the information. And then he's like, well, I tell you what, I noticed if I have straight milk, I'm really angry. And I'm like, Mm. so what are you doing about it? He's like, I'm not having it. I said, okay, that's a good choice. And I was like, I'm going to be really honest. I don't support Mm -hmm. this. And, uh, you are putting poison into your body. You are allergic to it. You deal right. with the alcohol. And that's how you have to look at it. You're allergic to it. 
That's it. It's like if you had it, couldn't have a strawberry. And that's what I tell my kids all the time. But yes, right. my kids are at the age where they're, you know, they're going to a party. Right. And, you know, they grab a piece of pizza and I'm like, okay, you know, how do you feel? Oh, I felt terrible. Oh, okay. Because okay. it really has to be their idea because this is what they have to carry forward in their entire lives. And we've planted those seeds, right? That's Rosa, right. We have this, like we, it starts very young. One of the things is we are their moms until they're, you know, obviously 18, 19, they, they start having their own mind. But one of the things in my clients that I see, there's so much of, well, I, I don't want to get them angry. I don't want to upset them. Yeah. I can't take their milk away. Like yeah. that's their favorite food. I'm like, you yeah. are their mother. Yeah, I'm like, absolutely, sister. I mean, especially in the younger kids, right? I mean, yeah. obviously we get to an age where we just really don't have that much control. But if we start young enough, like my kids don't really remember when they had the store-bought cake because it has been that long ago yeah. now. But, and you have to plant these seeds young and you, you know, the younger, the better. And but our kids you, make our own cakes, right, Jen? And we can make our own cakes. And that's what we did. Listen, my yeah. daughter, as a treat, we'd go to Dunkin' Donuts every Tuesday and Thursday when she would go to preschool and it was a thing. So then I had to buy a crappy like hole maker, right? Which I hate because it's like the Teflon, like don't get me started, but they don't make anything different, right? So, But I'm like, pick your poison right now. Pick your poison. I know, I know, I know. So we started making at home, like we started making donut holes and I'd put them in the, you know, in the freezer and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we kept the tradition going until she was like, mom, do we still have to make these? And I was like, oh no. And then all of a sudden, like the gluten-free ones that are pretty good. Like, you know, they do have more now than they even had. (laughs) Yeah, they do. The donuts, yeah, the cinnamon ones aren't so bad. They're actually- yeah, I know, right? But you know, I love that idea. First of all, Jen and I, I say this all the time. I'm a jump in the deep end kind of girl. So is Jen. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, gluten free, done. Let's get it all cleaned out. You know what I mean? But not everybody is like that. And I don't want yeah. you to ever feel bad. You can tiptoe in, but you've got to take action. You can't just be stuck. Oh, my kid, yeah. he won't listen. Oh, my kid um, is punching holes on the wall. What are you going to do about it? You know, nutrition, whether we want to accept it or not, is a part of this. Sleep is a part of this. Detoxification, as Jen talked about, inflammation. We are very clear in our research that inflammation is tied to a multitude of clinical conditions, autism. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this before. Postmortem studies show us somewhere around 73% of brains show inflammation, autistic brains. And so it's there. It's recognized. We don't have to do that. What are some other treatments for you, Jen, that you feel like that were in your journey were helpful for, particularly for autism? Because we're we're talking about natural treatments for autism and ADHD. What are some things that you really felt like helped you? And it might not be, you know, yes, you're going to, we're going to talk about neurofeedback, but might've been that IEP. It might've been getting tough with the school, which of course you did, you oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I started an advocacy group in my town. I, yeah, didn't, I didn't know that, Jen. Of course you did. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what else? Well, we got some changes. We got, we kicked out the pupil services director. Yeah, she so, probably landed in the town next to she it. Did, you know, and I was like, oh, I really feel bad for that town. I won't name I know. it. Yeah, we I know. We circulate like, them around uh, just so everybody knows. But, you know, what were some things that you felt like, okay, maybe even took a long time, like homeopathy? Yeah. Uh, my I kids respond to homeopathy. Say, I think homeopathy is the key 
to recover. Can you give people like a cliff notes explanation of homeopathy? Because I find I explain homeopathy of any treatment I explain, even more than neurofeedback, yeah. I explain homeopathy more to people. Yes, because it's a, you're like, what is that? Well, it's what a, is it? Yeah, and it's people like, oh, there's no science on it. You know, it's all pseudoscience. And no, it's actually been around for thousands of years. There's meta, many meta journal or journal books this big on treatments and studies. And so it's a thing. So it's based on the idea that like cures like. And so basically it was established in 1796, I want to say, something like that. And what they do, it's, it is symptom based. So you say, Oh, well, isn't it like mainstream medical? If it's, you're just treating a symptom. Yes, but you're getting it at a deep, deep, deep level. So there's two, there's different types of homeopathy. So we have classical homeopathy. That's right. We have no sodes. So like a, a homeopathic no sode is say if a person had Lyme disease, they would give the body like this minute amount. It's actually how vaccines were originally probably came about. Started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Off this premise that you give the body a little of something and the body responds appropriately. So it's a training yeah. program for your immune system to actually react the way it's supposed to react. And so if you have, say, poison ivy, right, you would take Rux tox, right, which is poison ivy, right? right? So you're giving like a tiny, tiny bit about to make an immune response, an appropriate immune response to get rid of that. So that's one thing. The other thing is classical homeopathy, which goes way deeper because it can that's go right. into your past lives, if you believe in that. It could go into your intergenerational trauma. A my, you know, it's a miasm of whatever is treatable. So like if your great, great grandmother, you know, died of tuberculosis, I don't know. Right. It's somewhere in your family. They call it a constitutional remedy, constitutional remedy. Right. And so the homeopathy is reaching such different levels and you can sort of address physical things that are going on in your body, but you can also address emotional things, which I think is often the block for why sometimes the physical things aren't getting better. That's right. Right. So it's Miss Jen. It it is right. So that's and like right now in the world, like Rux Tox is also one of the best remedies for if you think you're getting poisoned, right? Or so it's the belief, your belief system, and it, it, it treats your your you know belief systems. It also treats the actual issues that are going on. Um, there are um, I'm working with the UK with a guy in the UK right now, and he's able to get us COVID no sodes. Oh, fantastic, and I think you know it's the thing. Elena, one of her profiles for PANS is really bad herpes outbreaks. She gets them all the time. And, you know, we started using Nat Myrrh, which is basically a salt, right? So it's very, very, very safe. You could take it with, even if somebody's on medication, you can take homeopathy in addition to. That's important to recognize. So homeopathy is incredibly safe. There's even homeopathy for babies. If you've ever done Highlands, (laughs) you know, the colic or any of those things. And it's a gentle way, you know, to address symptoms. Mine, I carry, um, I think, four or five with me. I have a tiny bag and I carry it with me. And uh, my number one is I get nauseous. I get motion sickness and things as well as both my kids. So Nux Vomica. Yeah. Is my yeah, go-to. <laughs> yeah, that's my go-to. And when Max had a lot of his pants symptoms, chamomilla at a higher dose. So, mm. you know, homeopathy, if those are those little tablets, you might see them, 
Um, they might be round and sugar Boreon makes that. And then Highlands makes these melt away tabs, which a lot of times you do it for younger kids, but we use them for a lot of things. And um, they're easy, they're convenient, they're safe. And I and think the thing about homeopathy, don't you feel like I notice a difference right away? So I know what's working and what's not, you know, and, the and sometimes, yeah. And sometimes as an aggravation. Right. And that's a good thing. So if you take a homeopathic remedy and you may get a symptom back of the thing you're right. trying to treat. Nozos in particular. That's a good sign. It yeah. means that you've, like I started doing, you know, we started doing, you know, so Elena had really bad insomnia during COVID or post COVID, you know, with her pans. And I gave her the remedy. And like that night she'd slept horribly. She had like the worst night's sleep ever. I was like, oh, good. Does your child struggle to complete tasks or they can't stay focused enough to finish their homework or get anything done, or maybe they're super fearful and moody. This may leave you questioning if your child has ADHD or something else like a learning problem, anxiety, depression, or OCD. Well, I've created a quick quiz that will tell you if it's ADHD or something else. Text the word quiz to one three alert more to take my free quiz so you can get to the bottom of what's going on and the right solutions. That's text the word quiz to one three alert more. She's like, what do you mean? I go, it's working. She's a teenager now. And then you have to add that on. You know, there's lots of, um, since, as Jen said, this is a very established discipline. There are people that just do homeopathy. There's naturopaths that do it. I have a whole section in my book. It's going to be okay. Is it in your book? I can't remember. Um, I'm talking about homeopathy. Okay. So I actually have like, here's a symptom. Here's the homeopathy for it in my book. Um, Because I do believe in it. And I do think it's very, very helpful. And Mm -hmm. for Jen, for both of her kids, for autism-related symptoms, Mm -hmm. uh, health symptoms, and then pans and pandas, you felt like homeopathy was like something that really created some shifts for your kids. Major, major, major shifts. Like, listen, we could do the diet, which we have to do anyway for our health. Of course. And and then sometimes we have to go in and attack a pathogen, right? If if it's lighting up and the immune system's overreacting, we want to calm the immune system down at the same time we're maybe addressing the pathogen. Uh, But some homeopaths would even say, listen, we can keep going after the pathogens so the cows come home. Like you're always going to, like we're in the world of pathogens everywhere. Isn't it better if we treat the, you know, teach the immune system how to respond appropriately to it? I was like, oh, right, true. And so it's a completely different like right. mindset when you think when you have a child with pans and you you get the test back and you have like 17 different things that are lighting up, you don't even know where to start. And of course, you know, you're doing the parasite cleanse for the Babesia and you're doing like cat's claw and like other things for like other pathogens. Infections infections and yeah we have to get the toxic load down we have to maybe help that but it's like it's a it messes with your mind because you have to trust your gut and your intuition as far as what to do and i notice with my kids especially kids with autism kids with pans 
they are super, super sensitive. So sensitive. So sensitive. So the littlest thing, and like you can go after the pathogen and then you have the worst Herx reaction. Your immune, the immune system's going haywire. The glutamates right. are going haywire. Glutamates, you know, are, you know, in our, their neurotransmitters. We, I never realized this, right? And it's actually a, a mechanism that your body will produce more to protect your brain cells, but it goes overboard. Just right. like inflammation, right? If something bites us and we, we our arm swells up, we need inflammation to protect ourselves. So it's actually a mechanism to protect ourselves that goes haywire. So, and same with histamines, right? So we get, you know, there's an outdoor allergy. We get a stuffy nose to protect our path, our passages from inhaling too much. Very interesting. We need it a little, but when it goes crazy and we get massive, you know, mast cell activation and we can't see because our eyes are swollen, like that's a problem. So again, the homeopathy will, you know, address it all. The system, the system, the, system, the whole right. system, as opposed to just constantly, because it is sort of mainstream medical. If you think of like, we're going to go right. away, we're gonna go, work on one symptom, kill, kill, kill. And we're going to give you symptom relief, but we're not really no. addressing the root and, cause. And I think there's something really important in here in that we do have infections. We do have things in our body, toxins. It's about the balance. It's about yes. the reactivity of our system. Yes. And you can have ADHD. You can have autism, you can have anxiety. All of these things can be the result of an imbalanced system. And I think this is probably a great segue into, I know, know your answer. Uh, I know what, we're, what you often talk about. What's one thing you wish every parent knew about when it came to mental health, when it came to autism, when it came to ADHD? Because this is what's driving our whole system about how we manage mental health. What do you wish every parent knew? So I wish we would know that, you know, genetics is not the end of our story, that we all like, for example, all have cancer cells in our body right now. It doesn't mean we're all getting cancer. It, it means how well can your body handle it? And so if we go in our history, we'll be like, oh, well, everyone in my family has an autoimmune problem or everyone in my family has depression, right? Which the more I learn about that too, I mean, obviously I'm a EMDR therapist about trauma. So I recognize that there are, there is trauma that's also contributing to these symptoms, but the, it's bigger than that. And that inflammation is definitely part of it. And it's epigenetic, right? So what is epigenetics? Well, epigenetics is how our, our DNA is responding to something. So we have, you know, we turn on and off our genetics based on our toxicity profile you know, the toxins that we're eating, the toxins that are in the air, the, to I mean, we're been, been bombarded, you know, and we're in a world right now with our food supply everywhere we turn. And there's many autoimmune assaults, as I'm sure both of our books talk about, right? And so what are we going to do about it? Right. right? We could just and I think this is important, Jen, because our genetics don't define us. And no. I think people are here because they're realizing, wait a second, I'm getting medication because I believe there is a genetic inheritability, right? The neurotransmitters are out of whack and they're realizing it's not working. Or right. in the better case, they're avoiding it because they their mama gut says not a good idea. When you're talking about epigenetics, right? The other part of this, it's like a mom physically is here and came, came to me last night and said, oh, what do you think about psilocybin for OCD? And I was like, stop! <laughs> I've had so many people where 
things that you think are, you know, oh yes, it's plant-based. No, it's a psychedelic. Okay. So there are many things that can awaken genetic potentials, including positives, right? right? And we have to, our genetics don't define us. And there's so much we can do, including lifestyle, which you love to talk about, food, stress response, lowering inflammation. These are three of the biggest things that can make a huge difference in any child with, you know, autism, ADHD, ODD, all of these conditions that are just through the roof. Absolutely. Well, it gives our power back. Yeah. Yeah. So in our mainstream medical world, they don't want us to recognize that we have the power, right? They have the power. They're all knowing this is what you do. This is when you have this. They're trained in it. They don't know any other way. And sadly. And so, you know, if you're going in for a surgery, they're saving your life. Fantastic. There's meds that save people's lives. Great. But then why aren't we doing more to help the body after that? Like if you have kidney disease, like we have things we can do homeopathically, naturally, herbs, we could take mushrooms, you know, talk about the psychedelic mushrooms, but there actually is the healing power of mushrooms. I'm actually taking a course right now. I'm totally opposed to mushrooms. So no, 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 regular mushrooms. Like, oh, sorry. So so turkey tail mushrooms. Oh, mushrooms are real mushrooms, Mushrooms, right? Dietary mushrooms. Yeah. Shiitake mushrooms, health. They, They stop cancer. They stop cancer, but they also help. When we talk about kids with PANS and people with mental health conditions, part of the problem is, is their bodies aren't regulating. So it regulates the immune system naturally. There's lots and lots of things that we can do naturally that will actually help the immune system work correctly. And I think once people, Jen, get over... So I find this is what... You know, I spend so much time educating in, in a very intense way over six months in our brain behavior reset program that they come in overwhelmed. Yeah. So we're talking about a lot of things. And I like to say, just start where you can and move forward. Once you see how it works, then you're going to be like Jen and I. Oh, we're going to do. Have you seen the shiitake recipe? <laughs> and, you know, I'm geeking out with my friends and I'm like this week, I'm like, I made the best roasted cauliflower and kale soup. And it's got this and that. And my kids loved it. And they're like, we're sharing it. You know, yeah. you start to realize that connection and you can see the behavioral difference in your child. It, forget about that. You can see the difference in how they talk. You can mm-hmm. see laughing coming back. You can see them physically look different. And I don't want parents to get overwhelmed. I want you to be excited. And, you know, you can, you join Jen's community or join my, uh, my natural parenting solutions group, and you can get more support on these things, but you got to start like, instead of saying, Oh, it's a good idea or, but I don't know where to, you know, you just got to start. And maybe it's swapping out. Maybe it's like, I'm just not going to McDonald's on Fridays. (laughs) Right. It could just be food dyes. Listen, food dyes are neurotoxic. I know a lot of moms that just start there, right? They clean yes. up their pantries. They recognize, and you know, granted, food is so expensive, especially right now. It's so terrible. Expensive. But when you start recognizing, you like, listen, I go to four different stores just so I know what's on sale where, and like, so you got to get smart about it. But there is ways around it, and and you know, when you eat healthy food, you're getting nutrients. The kids don't even eat as much 
Like they just eat a normal portion. Like I know before, yeah. like my, my son would just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. But Doritos are like $7. You know, you could get a whole roast at ShopRite for that. You know Yes, I mean? right. Exactly. <laughs> well, right. You right, know, exactly. so I think that's super, super, I think that's so important to know that. And I love that about dyes or maybe it's sugar or maybe it's soy, but pick one thing. If you have a suspicion, if your kid is like hooked on milk, and they've got a lot of ADD issue related issues or that is too much of one thing is not good for the immune system. Too much of kale, you know, every day is not good for the, you know, you have to mix it up. So if somebody is craving something and they're having it a disproportionate amount and they're being picky about everything else, there's a problem there. And you need a a variety of foods, healthy foods, anti-inflammatory foods is the goal that all of us should have. It's better for our skin. It's better for brain, our body, and there's just so much parents can do. As we kind of wrap up, you know, one of the things you and your family worked with us a number of years ago um, and you did neurofeedback and PEEMF. Actually, I think you were even like early in the PMF when I started doing that. Um, And now we have our own device, ComPMF, which we're super excited about. What would you say to somebody who's thinking of using neurofeedback or PEMF for autism or PANS or other clinical issues? What would you say to people about that? So I think I used the neuro, uh, we used the neurofeedback for, for Evan and then the PMF, I think we did with Elena. With the I think PAN. that's right. It was nice because we just did both at the same day because we drove to you, uh, you know. So yeah, so what I say about neurofeedback is that it puts the brain back on the track. So we do all the things, right, that we've spoken about in this episode. That's and I'm right. sure there's many more things we could be on this for 15 hours straight um, talking about this. It works best when you do the things first, like the diet and get the inflammation down a little. Now, obviously, neurofeedback will also help regulate that and get that inflammation in all the things. But if you do it together, you're going to notice a greater shift quicker. Um, you might not have to do as many sessions with neurofeedback than you would have before. Same thing with stem cell therapy. Like we got there and the guy was like, wow, his inflammation markers are pretty good because I had done so much. He's like, you're the healthiest kid I've seen doing this. So I think we didn't see as many gains with that because of, you know, we had done so much before. So with the neurofeedback, I definitely think like in conjunction with, you know, doing it together works the best. Absolutely. A hundred, a hundred percent. Evan had a lot of OCD which totally went away. He was like kind of a little, well, he had the apraxia, right? So he had a lot of, lot of speech problems. I did notice that there was a huge shift. Like he went from not speaking enough almost to like maybe over speaking sometimes. Like, so we know there are significant changes that happen with the neurofeedback. So I definitely would recommend it. I mean, I have, I have cases where I'm very stuck with them therapeutically because I really don't think there's really much else I could do, especially with learning disabilities and things like that that it really does, does amazing things. So I just love, I just love neurofeedback. And then, um, and if I had more time in my life, I'd probably learn how to do it. But since I don't, we go to specialists like you to do that. And then, you know, you do the brain map, which was amazing because like you actually got to see like the before and after and wow, what the different, you know, the theta, like his anxiety was like here, we do the neurofeedback, you know, 15 sessions or something. We can see everything. Differences. Yeah. I also liked it because. I mean, Evan's a little bit, you know, he's the kind of kid that's really agreeable, thank God. But there's lots of kids, too, that can't do things 
it, like therapy, it's harder for them, right? So this is very passive. We liked it because he likes watching Scooby-Doo. So he would just watch Scooby-Doo and he would have to watch the screen, you know. And so it's a kind of a passive thing. So for the kids that are really getting, it's hard to get them to do therapies, like this is really easy to do. So I love that. And then the PMFs, like energetic healing, I, I've always believed in it. I do Reiki myself. And, you know, between that and the sauna that we were doing and like... Because your daughter came in and she had a pants flare. He did. She was, it was when she was nine years old was the first time we experienced the pans. And I was, you know, we were good friends at the the time I was taking Evan to the center. So I knew of what all the work you were doing. And I said, oh my God, my daughter has like, you know, has and you're like, bring her in, bring her in. And it's simple, again, passive laying there, just relax. She was so relaxed when she left. So I knew immediately that it was doing something because she was like, you know, and I tell you the first time we treated her pans, all we did most, it was homeopathy, PMF and, and sauna. sauna. That's it. And she came out of that beautifully. I wasn't even doing herbs with her. We were attacking pathogens. We weren't doing any but of that. But you also knew it was pans. Like you had a pans episode coming out of Disney. Yeah. And it <laughs> of was of course like, when we're on your vacation, right? Always. And it was bad. It was like a sudden onset and you knew yes. right away. Like you knew what it was and you weren't like, I mean, we talk about this all the time. When your kid has a sudden onset of anything, it's not normal. Please get help. Tell Elena all the time. I'm like, you did this to yourself because she wanted to be in healing without hurting so badly. She was like, this book is all about Evan and Evan's in the book 50,000 times. Where's my name? You know, she was in it like five. She had mentioned her five times. Well, well she's so, got, Elena's got to listen to this. You know what I mean? Well, I, well, now, because I updated the book in 2018, we put her a whole full story, which was, was in Brain Under Attack also. And I was like, see, look, now you're in there. Are you happy? Like, I'm like, Damn it. I'm like, <laughs> like, I thought we were in the clear. Like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't understand that kids with autism often have siblings with parents. Yes. It's, a, yeah. it's a thing. It's a um, thing. And, you know, is there some genetic predisposition? Maybe. Is it epigenetic? Well, it's the, right? the MTHFR, I believe. That's where a yes. lot of this. So it's a genetic mutation. Yeah. 60% have that. Yeah. And you have, if you have that genetic mutation, you often have the COMT. So the CMT really messes with your neurotransmitters. Yeah, the MTHFR is detoxification and methylation. Absolutely, so yeah. What we recognized with Elena this time around was her toxins were building up and she it, it had nowhere for it to go. Her vitamin B levels were really tanked. So her methylation wasn't going, right? We weren't, we didn't have minerals on board. So we had to really support her body and give her this, give her the support her body needs to actually be able to detox on a regular basis. Yeah. So that was amazing. Like you caught, I remember that, like you caught it. I remember it just happened and that the PMF, the sauna and the homeopathy turned Mm -hmm. her around so quick, so fast, so fast. And it's a testament to, you can still be super healthy and be having these things, but it can resolve a lot quicker when the platform is there and the diet and the lifestyle and also just being very connected that right. you knew and didn't doubt yourself. Yeah. You know, well, ironically, I had written about pans in, in, in healing without hurting because I learned that it was definitely part of the autism profile. And the more that I know about pans, the more I really think all the kids on the spectrum probably have some pans. Yeah. In 
Yeah, right? the research says it's about one third. third. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I, yeah, if I we're think having seventy three percent within postmortem studies of inflammation in their brain. Yeah, that's think, that's I part of it. More but. well. You are um, a trailblazer and I love these conversations and I can nerd out with you all day. (laughs) We could be here all day. Um, And, you know, thanks for being a warrior mom and sharing your story and your book, obviously healing without hurting. You can go to healingwithouthurting.com to learn more about Jennifer Gwester Kozak and her work. So as we kind of leave, I just want everybody to know parenting is hard. There's a lot of ups and downs. Even if your kid has autism, ADHD, oppositional defiant disorders telling you to F off, they're punching holes in the wall. Just know it's going to be okay when you take one action. And today we learned a lot about the platform of healing is getting anti-inflammatory foods in your child's body. And don't be afraid by that. Be empowered. You need the right solution to help your child be successful at home, school, and life. And that's why I've created the Solution Matcher. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash help, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N forward slash help to get the right solution for where you're at.